listening to Her Body on Body.io FM, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance with your host, Alex Navarro. Welcome everybody to another episode of Her Body brought to you by Body IO FM. I'm your host, Alex Goladriga. And today I have a guest on who I've actually been wanting to do a podcast with for a very long time. And our paths continue to cross over the years and the time has come. So welcome to the show. This is Shannon Morse. Hello, everyone. Wonderful to be here. I can't wait. <laughs> Shannon and I go way way, way back um, to our early teenage years in middle school. And we actually went to the same school and people used to mistake me for Shannon sometimes or or refer to me as little Shannon because we looked alike, which is funny because I never actually met you at that point. I just, I knew of you because that's how people called me. <laughs> which is so funny. It's just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And then how our paths have converged over a period of time. Just mm -hmm. ah, the universe. I know. Exactly. So we have both in, been in health and fitness for a very long time. And honestly, that's that's kind of how our paths have continued to cross. But they've also crossed in um, other funny coincidental ways with mutual friends and whatnot. So over the years, we've just continued to cross each other's paths and talk about what we've both been doing on our sides of fitness and what come... 20 years later, we're deciding to actually do a collaboration together. <laughs> Amazing how these things work. You know, it's all about timing. Yes, absolutely. It really, is. it really is. So like I said, you've been in fitness for a long time as well. Do you, can you share a little bit about how you got into fitness? Um, I mean, you've, like myself, I've done a lot of various things within fitness over the years and mm. you have two. And I think that's one of the funny ways that our paths have crossed. So tell us a little bit about your background. Absolutely. Cool. So, well, it like anything in my life, I feel like I usually get into something through some sort of struggle or thing that I would have preferred otherwise not to have happened. So I first got into training fitness because I had a really severe concussion um, and I was directed to go into Pilates for a way to heal the restricted cervical spine movement that I had. So this huge coffee urn that was stainless steel fell on the top of my head, cracked my skull. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and I had like really limited movement of my cervical spine. And so, so I went through Pilates for part of the physical therapy. Uh, I was like, wow, are you kidding? Like such small movements and it has such an insane impact. This is incredible. Like I want to be able to provide this to other people. So I first got certified with Pilates and all the crazy machines that look like some sort of torture device, but they're really lovely. They totally um, do. That way. They do. You're like, really? Okay, sure. Let's go and move our arms and stuff. Um, and so through that, then it kind of just escalated and catapulted into, oh, this is really cool. So let's try strength training and then let's build on top of that. Um, I, I was introduced a lot through strength training by different boyfriends over periods of time. <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. Um, I worked in Cancun, Mexico for a year when I was 18 and my boyfriend at the time was um, his job was to be in the hot body contest. Oh my gosh. What a job. Yep. That was it's like a dream it, job. It was so funny. It was this whole like separate culture in Cancun at the time of people who would just work out every day and then they would perform in the hot body competitions at the evening. And it was basically rigged. So certain people had like relationships with the club owners and they would ensure that they would get paid. And there was one of these competitions every night of the week. That's so funny. it was just incredible. And so these people like really knew how to train their bodies. They would all work out together. And my boyfriend at the time, he started to, you know, teach me how to work out. And it was something that I had never recognized like a specific structure before. I had just seen people like go into the gym and just like, you know, be on cardio machines and just feel like it was rather boring 
And then when there was this like structure behind it to identify body composition changes, I was like, oh, oh, I can get into this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really cool. Um, And then it just kind of went from there. So I got certified through NPTI, which is like a six month personal training uh, program. I think when I was like around 25 or so, um, I had done the Pilates thing when I was like 20. And then from there, I opened up the first NPTI uh, NASM certification school in San Francisco. And so I was able to now be the teacher and instructing other trainers how to get their certifications, which was awesome. Um, and then kind of moving from there into nutrition, I was like, okay, I can only do so much with people's bodies if they're not eating right like nothing really shows up, like nothing happens. So then uphill battle. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, we're working out for like an hour to a week, but what are you doing in the other like 22 hours of the day? Mm -hmm. You know? And so it it was really like a stark um, contrast of like, Oh, okay. We need to look at the nutrition stuff. And then that's like an additional story, but we'll start there. (laughs) (laughs) good first half yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right I mean, it's kind of funny <laughs> right it's kind of funny how you know I've, I've obviously shared my story and how i get started on the show before but um just how you know one thing leads to the other and i, th- I think especially within health and fitness it's i mean it's such a huge vast area of of work and research and approaches and techniques and um which is super fun because you can really try on a bunch of different things for yourself. Um, it opens you up to a variety of clients, depending on what approaches you choose to use, who you feel like your, you know, your audience is, or the people that you want to work with, the clientele that you feel connected to help and work mm. with. And I think that was probably one of the funnest things for myself, just as I continue to learn more and really refine who I wanted to help, who I felt connected to, where I found the most value in what I was offering, because I'm sure mm. that's, that's probably changed for you too. Just mm-hmm. like you said, like I thought I was providing a great value, which I was in training people in person. But like you said, there's only <laughs> so much you can do in an hour a week, you know, even if it's three hours a week, it's still like such a tiny, tiny portion of this person's life. Yes. And you have no idea what else, what they're doing the rest of the time. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so really being able to integrate it all together and, and help with overall lifestyle changes, which I know is something that you focus a lot on now in what you do. Oh, yes. And you and I have talked about this before that when we really start to dive into nutrition, because that's really, you know, our, like for you and myself, it's kind of like our primary focus now. And then the, the training is just kind of like the bonus, like that's the second layer. But when we start to move into the conversation of nutrition, I think we really realize that it's not so much what you're eating. It's it, it's a doorway into how you treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then we're really not talking about nutrition at the end of a program at all. We're talking about our personal, like our self-care patterns. Um, and so it's so fascinating. And I think what you discover and what you're expressing and what we're sharing as we can become coaches is that it's almost like you start to see these algorithms of how people interact in their lives show up through their relationship to food, through their self dialogue, through what they communicate with you. And it starts to become like this beautiful, like calculation of like, Oh, this is out of balance. Let's look at this. Like whether it's sleep or stress or the amount of time you spend at work and not with your family. Like there's just a balance that's available in all areas and you can really see it show up through people's food intake. Big time. Big time. It's not just a food log, you guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, is, it tells a story. Mm-hmm. It really does, which is so fun t- for us to see, I think, and then be able to start to identify things within someone's log and, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly how you approach this with clients, but, you know, I try not to tell clients that this is what I see right away. Mm-hmm. I try to give them hints as to maybe this is something you should look at more and see mm-hmm. what comes up for you. You know, have them try to figure out the answers, which sometimes can take a very long time. Right. But, you know, I'm providing the space and the support for them to do that. 
Yes. Because I don't want to just come out and say, well, I think that you have a problem with this. Or I see this pattern and, you know, just asking enough open-ended questions to help them figure out or hopefully help them see for themselves that this is a pattern and why is this pattern there? How is it serving or not serving you or your goals? You know, it's an area that we're stuck in. And that's always so, so fun to be able to help them identify, help them work through and, and even just give them the power of being able to make those conscious decisions then. 100%. I so, yes. yes, so much. Yes. Because we all essentially have like the answers inside of us. If we're given the space to, and just like someone asking like, okay, how does that feel for you? Yeah. Just someone asking that gives you the opportunity to like tune in with your body and go like, oh, I have a feeling about that. Oh mm-hmm. crap. Well, let me just a second. I haven't had that question posed to me before or whatever it is. And um, one thing that Lisa and I definitely share with our clients is that your body will knows better than we ever will. Yes. So like it will give you signs. You'll have feelings. You'll have your own desires and the things that you like, the things that you don't like, and they're completely unique to every individual. And so we can see like the algorithms of like things from the outside, which is nice to have that objective perspective that isn't involved in like judgment or directives. It's like giving the science of this is what happens when you do this. And this is the combination of foods that will work for you, blood sugar levels, energy, all of these kind of foundational understandings of nutrition. And then people can then develop that discovery process of what it looks and feels like for them. And then everything else shows up inside of that. Mm-hmm. With that continued like empowerment that you're talking about. Yes. That's Which the best is, part. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Where at the end of programs, people are like, oh my gosh, like I mm-hmm. had no idea that I could feel this good or that this was even an option for me. Like it feels like this lofty goal, right? Right. Right. Which I, which is something also that I appreciate about how you do things is the way that you break things down. And it is a process for anybody who wants to make any kind of substantial change in their life, um, whether they realize they need to make that substantial change or not. Um, it is gonna, it's a process and it's step by step and everybody sort of runs through the steps at different speeds. Um, someone might move through steps one through five really fast and then take forever to get from, you know, six to 10. Um, yeah. whereas for someone else, step one could just be the real, the hardest step, but once they get past that first step, you know, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster ride from there. So that's it's always fun too to for us as coaches I think to see the variety of ways that someone might go through a process like that and then to be able to provide different tools depending on where they're getting stuck or what obstacles might be coming up and I mean it's just so fun as as a coach to be able to see the potential that somebody has and then say okay well I have all of these tools for you and then we can decide together which one's appropriate at which times but they're all here for your disposal basically. yes oh my gosh a hundred percent yes it's um it's fascinating and I think what what we're experiencing is working with so many people over the course of time it's almost like we have this snapshot into identifying the challenges that they might be facing and then seeing what's on the other side of those. So it's really like that comfort and that confidence that someone has already seen the trajectory of like how it plays out and can hold that space for you to feel supported while you're going through all the ups and downs or the discoveries or you're getting blocked by something just to have someone there to go like, it's all good. This is normal. And I feel like I say that a lot. Like you're, this is, we're great. This is great. We're good. Keep going. Yes. yes. Keep going. <laughs> and I think that's the difference between like trying to do something on your own where you don't have like the roadmap or the blueprint and having someone there to reaffirm and just, or confirm that it's all good. <laughs> Part of the process. It's working. <laughs> great. <laughs> With anything in life. Like. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, anything. See, I, I mean, I've talked about my own hiring of coaches and 
Um, I feel like I've had, I've had coaches for just all different things in my life, but one, one really good example is, um, when I had my son Dominic and how I, like I did, I consulted out for a lot of things. Cause I'm like, yeah, a lot of, you know, motherly instincts are there, but there's still a ton of stuff about being a mom that I have no clue about. I'm like winging it every day. Um, but there are some areas that I was like, I need an expert on this. Like that just, I could try to figure it out, but it's going to take me that much longer. I'm going to question myself every step of the way, which <laughs> I honestly still do every day, but <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more comfortable and confident in, in not knowing. Um, but there were certain areas where I was like, I need to refer out and I'm hiring these people who this is what they do. This is their expertise. They can provide me the support and the tools that I can, that I would need and that I provide for other people in other areas of their lives. And I just think it's such a wonderful thing that there are so many experts in such a variety of fields now and, and having this, a very similar approach. Well, it also helps Mm -hmm. me refine how I do things because Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see how someone in a different area of life uh, can provide those, a similar approach in terms of the tools and the support and the structure of helping, helping someone achieve something or get through something. Yes. Oh, it's such a cool experience. And it's great to know that coaches also need coaches. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have a team. Yes. Yes. Um, And it just feels so good to have that. And I think the more frequently I'm talking to some of like the more high performing females, it's becoming more evident that a lot of high performing females, especially, and they're doing so much like being mothers being a, account executives, like whatever their role is in their, their life, they're just wanting to really show up as like a woman who has their shit together. Can I say shit? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Because <laughs> we can't erase that. <laughs> uh, and that they don't necessarily, or what I'm seeing in the trend, and, and I'd love to know what you're seeing as well, is that they don't have a team. So they're almost feeling like they have to do it all on their own and really provide this huge output of energy in all areas of their life. And then wondering why their health is declining or why their stress is rising um, or why their sleep is being impaired. Um, And sometimes just having like that community of people who actually give a shit about you (laughs) is, uh, is incredible. And I feel like as you are talking about, you know, having a coach for being a mother, which Mm -hmm. is, it's like, what a novel concept. (laughs) But then you think about, you know, our, our ancestors, for lack of a better word, like growing up in communities. Mm -hmm. And that was just part of it. It was like, there was a tribe that would raise the the families together and everyone would kind of have their own place that they would shine and that they had mastered. And then they could bring the rest of the of the tribe into that place at the level that they needed to be at. And we're so, it feels like we're more disconnected from that now, but what you're talking about and having a team is essentially that it's like the new age version. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're just doing it virtually. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. With people I've never seen or met in person before, which is totally fine. (laughs) Which is amazing. It is. It's very cool. It's incredible. Yes. Yeah. But like you said, it is something that I see more often than not. And I do primarily work with women. So I feel like we're, you know, our own unique uh, breed, which we are. And more often than not, um, it's, it's, they're just taking on too much. Mm. or putting too much pressure on themselves about the things that they choose to take on, whether it's mm. a feeling of this is what I need to do, whether it's a feeling of, you know, maybe they just don't even financially have, have the, the it's not a, po- a possibility for them to outsource things, mm. which is very understandable. It's, it's hard to do. It's expensive. Um, especially if you're trying to work and if you have multiple children, they are expensive as well. It's, yes. uh, it's not easy, but it's definitely a trend that I see and something that I, I mean, I personally still struggle with and probably will continue to struggle with, um, just as myself growing up and being a very independent person my entire life. 
Um, I've always felt like I just need to do everything myself <laughs> or, or, you know, I could do it better <laughs> the way that right. I would want it to be done. Therefore I should just do it. Um, which is a continuing, continuous practice that I, I journal about on a daily basis, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which also means letting go of expectations in certain areas. And, um, I think I, 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 and I've talked about this on the show many, many times is I, you know, want to be the best at everything and being the best mom is, well, a, it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself because what does that look like? Really? Um, I only have my own experience of being raised by a mother to compare it to. And so I feel like I overcompensate in a lot of areas, which are probably unnecessary. And my husband's very good at reminding me that I don't need to do, you know, I don't need to hand make all of his things, you know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's a, it's a never ending balance game. And it's one that I will just continue to practice forever, um, which is totally fine. And I also feel like it gives me a good opportunity to look at how I'm showing up um, and putting expectations on myself in, in all the other places, which mm. in turn helps me be able to have those conversations with clients when those are things that I witness in their behavior or the conversations that we have in like, we got to let something go. Yes. Um, which I feel like this might be a good tie into one of the reasons that we're talking today. And one of the things I find often is the exercise component of someone's health journey. And this is probably something you've seen too over the years is especially women, we feel the need to do more and more and more and more when it comes to exercise. So whether that's showing up as a a stress reliever, stress reliever, that's not a word, a stress relief. (laughs) Just made that up. It's great. We're going to keep that one. Uh, Whether it's a stress relief, um, a, a way to lose, you know, lose weight, whether it's just something that they feel like they have to do because that's what they've been told needs to be done, whether mm-hmm. that feels like it needs to be a punishment because of the way that they're eating, you know, they've mm-hmm. been bad in their food choices, therefore they need to do exercise. Um, you know, I've seen a variety of things over the years, as I'm sure you have as well. And that's honestly one area where sometimes when we're focusing on food, I'll have them either significantly reduce their exercise or not do any until we get a handle on the food. It's it's too many things at once. And it honestly makes the food side of things easier to navigate if they're not confusing their body's energy needs with over-exercise. I so agree. Yes, <laughs> so much. <laughs> and also the aspect that when you're learning the tenants and the balance of nutrition and looking to apply that into your life, it can feel like a new language in the beginning. So put doing that and then putting training on top with like a new training program or just doing both of those at the same time can feel really overwhelming for some people. Um, I've noticed that if the training is already there, then that can like kind of stay consistent. But if it's all new, then it's like, okay, take a couple of weeks and just like, you know, let yourself gracefully understand and take the process of looking at your intake and how you feel throughout the day. And then let's start to add training on and We can do that progressively mm-hmm. at, a, at a rate that feels comfortable and not like it's being um, imposed or it's connotated with the should. Like now I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to. Yes. And a really, you're making me think of this exercise uh, that we've been sharing with our clients recently that is looking at what is considered input versus output in our life, like in terms of energy. And we've given this um, example that like, let's say you have a coffee cup and that coffee cup is full. So if you put one drop of something like a shitty day or someone's pulling in front of you and in on the freeway, that thing in a full coffee cup, that one drop will feel like it's just nothing like, okay, you pulled in front of me, whatever going on with my day. But if your coffee cup is empty, then that thing is going to feel like everything. Mm -hmm. 
So for women and just everyone in general, it really feels like we're so much in our output, like putting energy into our work, putting energy into our family, putting energy into excessive training. And sometimes that training can feel like it's actually energizing. Like we get something out of it. We get endorphins. We feel great Mm -hmm. afterwards. But sometimes it's in that I have to, or it's an output of energy. We're pushing ourselves past the point where it's actually the best thing for us. And we did this exercise actually last week in our Facebook group about asking everyone what they identify as input. And what's really funny is that most of us will have some sort of guilt when we think of something that's input. <laughs> like I should be doing something else right now. This isn't productive. And like one of my examples of input is watching uh, some crap TV and playing dragon games on my phone. <laughs> I like to do both of those at the same time. And for whatever reason, it feels so like luxurious and lazy to me. <laughs> Then I'm just like so recharged afterwards because I'm like, I don't care. Like, I I know I'm in output for the majority of my day. This right now feels amazing. Um, Sometimes it's walking aimlessly through a a clothing store and not even buying anything. I just want to be able to look and like, I know I can do. Right. (laughs) And it's like recharging. So we were going through what feels recharging for people and then what feels like draining, like output. And we were going through, like, sometimes some of our friends feel draining if we don't have enough in our cup to, you know, come into the experience with. Um, same or family with members. I was just going to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I feel like those are, for the most part, generally energy suckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as we're talking about training, you know, just kind of being able to identify what and you've talked about this before and we've had this conversation about like what the intention is, like connecting to the why, like, why am I training today? Do I have the energy for it? Am I still sore? Like, is this actually needing to be done? Like what's happening here? Am I just on autopilot? So many people are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm and sure then- you've had the experience of, of using it in not healthy ways as I definitely have. It's something I've talked a lot about in my past. Um, and how it actually wasn't until more recently that I realized most of my childhood activities and sports were uh, were a result of trauma that I wasn't prepared to deal with. As I mean, as a kid either, you're not equipped to deal with any of that stuff. So I played sports aggressively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I can relate. <laughs> well, then that's training. Just, Right. Well, and if you start something that like that when you're so young and that's a tool that ultimately worked for me, but then I carried that tool into, you know, my early 20s. And as I got older and realized that this isn't, isn't really serving me in, in the best way that it could, mm-hmm. and, and it might have at one time, but now I need to think about this habit that I've literally had for as long as I can remember and think, I need to, to change this, but not, but I still love working out. I just have to apply it in a, in a very different way, which was practice. I'm, I'm there now, which is good, but it took me a really long time. <laughs> how, how long do you feel like that took to just like kind of evolve into where you are now? It's been probably three years. So I actually, the time that I noticed it the most that I was really like, I had kind of acknowledged that pattern early earlier on um but i didn't actually like have to face it as like we can't do this now until i got pregnant because mm. that's a literal wow. like you can't do this <laughs> like this is just not an option right now <laughs> whether i was just too tired or because i was just tired a lot of the time or you know i knew that that wasn't good for my growing baby so right like, then thinking of somebody else which i think did help me have to face that faster but that was literally like you know, it, it's like the mirror I passed occasionally before, and now the mirror is just like in my face every day. Like, no, 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 we, this isn't a possibility. So, and then that just became what a continuous a... practice once he came, because obviously that's different. So, yes. Mm-hmm. What an amazing, like, opportunity to have that experience. Yes. <laughs> and hard. <laughs> you yes. can imagine. I was, I was a lot of oh shit moments, like, oh, crap. 
<laughs> Can't really avoid this anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I can 100% understand that. Um, although I haven't had a child, I've definitely experienced the overtraining and then noticing the impact on my body and then slowly realizing that oh, rest is just as important as the training part of it. Yes. And then Mm -hmm. giving myself the opportunity, which felt like a big leap of faith to not work out every day. Oh yeah. There's like fear there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then noticing, wait a second, I can work out three days a week and I'm still seeing gains. Like Like better than before. Yeah. Like, oh crap. Yeah, you know, I was actually curious, which um, I feel like is a good, you know, you mentioned earlier on the the various times that our paths have crossed and, um, you know, the the listeners here know that I've done gymnastics over the years and I've talked about my various, you know, adventures and flipping around. Um, but that's one place that we, we sort of reconnected over, the, gosh, how long ago was that? Like five, six years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. It had to mm-hmm. have been. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in the circus center and I'm flipping around and I look up and there, there you are just hanging up there on a trapeze. <laughs> I was like, hey, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I feel like that, I mean, that's such a different type of training. Granted, oh I had done gosh. gymnastics when I was little, but that's different because you're little and you can kind of do anything at that point. But trying to do that type of training out when you've done resistance training and, you know, endless hours of cardio, it's such a different output that it was oh a challenge gosh. to balance the nutrition side of things, but also balance the, the, the rest that is required to be able to continue a sport like that. Like it's taxing. Mm-hmm. It's taxing in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And at least with all of the aerial stuff, because now, when I say that I do single point trapeze, people are like, cool, what's that? Like, <laughs> Totally. <laughs> so for listeners, if you're wondering what this thing is, uh, instead of a swinging trapeze that has two fulcrum points, this is a single point or a dance trapeze. So it has one fulcrum point, so it spins. Mm-hmm. And the, the experience is that there's definitely something happening to your nervous system. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so you'll be spinning on and off for like three to four minutes for like an hour to an hour and a half. And included in that is like a very hard bar that your body comes in contact with frequently. (laughs) Also this pretty significant hemp rope that your body comes into contact with frequently. And so you'll get done with training and I'll get in the shower and I'll just be like stinging all over because I have rope burns all over me. I'm sure. Uh, and it's just in the beginning, I was like, is this normal? Like, and also (laughs) realistically having some sort of like internal kind of like pride around it. Like, yeah, these are my paddle wounds. (laughs) Like, like see this road rash. (laughs) This was intentional. Right. (laughs) Right. But, uh, it's definitely been more of a a learning curve to understand that I cannot do strength training before a day in the air that requires so much mobility. Like my body's just like, are you kidding? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the fueling around that, I mean, we talk so much about fueling and we work with quite a lot of um, circus performers and aerialists because of the circus center. I'm actually doing a workshop for kids there tonight. Oh, fun. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such an interesting thing because like contortionists will use a whole different kind of energy system. Oh, I'm, yeah, hundred percent. And, and the amount of muscle that they can gain over the course of a month is incredible. And you're like, wait a second, you're just bending your body. Right. This is weird. Like really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the amount of muscle that's required for that and all these different ways that you wouldn't really associate with um, doing a backbend. Mm-hmm. Uh, is really fascinating. And then uh, encouraging people to understand how to tune into their body and fuel around those things is like, it's it's been a, such a cool thing to watch. And I'm sure with your gymnastics background, you've kind of learned, you know, how to like feel into your body, like what feels good? How do I perform if I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, what if, I'm curious, what have you found has worked for you? Well, it's been so interesting. I, I've 
done podcast episodes. I wrote an article about this um, on the site a few years ago when I got really into uh, the gymnastics bodies handstand training course. Yes. Um, well, and one thing you've probably experienced too is, you know, there's gymnastics is has a lot of different components to it. So it's like, well, what part of gymnastics are you doing? Because when I did the handstand course, we're talking a lot of isometric holds for a very long time. I'm just squeezing everything I can at the same time for as long as possible. Yes. Which is a very different use of energy than doing back handsprings mm. in a row <laughs> and then stopping and then doing them again. I mean, we're talking like strength training versus cardio, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or hit training, which is honestly how I used them at, at one point in time. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I hate running, so I'll just flip around. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is an awesome option. Obviously makes the most sense because <laughs> I'm having a good time and it doesn't feel like work, um, yes. but completely different energy uses. And that took a lot of time to figure out and to separate the activities to be able to, because like you said, that was through experience. I would, this was a long time ago, but that's just way before I'm, I started eating the way I, I do now. I would resistance train earlier in the day, and then I would go do gymnastics training with Xiao Hung, who <laughs> is like uh-huh. a torture, torturer, um, and used to get mad at me because my muscles were in the way of doing the gymnastics. <laughs> and then I would either tumble after that, or I would go to Kizar and run bleachers. Like, wow. I mean, honestly, I have no idea how I had the time to do that in retrospect. I'm like, did I not have a job? Because I'm pretty sure I did. Right. Yet I spent hours training all the time. It was totally mm-hmm. unnecessary. Um, but then, well, you know, left wondering, like, why am I so hungry? <laughs> why, <laughs> why do I keep snacking? Why do I want all of these foods that I know I'm not supposed, you know, not supposed to have, quote unquote? Um, and because I was just completely out of touch with my body, what my body was trying to communicate with me and mm. just confusing it by doing way too many different activities at the same time. So, and that was a huge lesson. So once I learned how to start separating activities, running my own experiments, so I was a scientist, you know, or an mm-hmm. inve- investigative reporter, you know, <laughs> with all of my various training logs and tracking <laughs> tools, yes. um, and really found that to be fascinating and fun. And I kind of made it a game as to like, well, how much can I eat and then be able to do this? And like, can I do this more if I eat more before or after? And how does my, you know, how does my recovery play into that? How can I recover with food versus recover with rest? How do they mm. both work together? Um, and it, it really, for me, my, my baseline of food for the most part is um, high protein, fairly high fat, mm. depending on the day. And then I add in carbohydrates around my training. Mm-hmm. And that can look a variety of ways. Um, strength training, I find afterwards, it helps with my recovery more than before. But for gymnastics training, that looked and felt different. Um, tumbling, I felt like I could actually get away with not having any and have great power output. So it really just depend would depend on what I was doing, which took a lot of thought in planning and how I structured my weeks around training. Mm. Um, and that, I think, was the biggest challenge at first was like planning everything out and then still just testing um, and knowing that also being open to the fact that as I get good at this, my body will change Yes, and my needs will change, which was cool, but also frustrating because every time I'd feel like I got this, <laughs> then mm-hmm. I would either like, like, you know, level up to a new skill and then my needs would change. Absolutely. Or, I got way leaner doing my gymnastics training program than I planned to, to get because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was focusing on performance, not aesthetics. And I was like, oh, crap. Well, I didn't mean to get this lean. I'm going to have to put a little bit of body fat back on. This was a pleasant surprise. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, again, my needs changed, and therefore I had to change things again, which you know, is something that I do communicate to clients as to whatever we figure out for you right now is what's right now. And be open to the fact that you're going to continue to learn about your body's needs because those needs will change, whether yes. that's your training changes or life changes and life happens. And um, 
you're just gathering more tools and more information about who you are and what you need at any given time. Absolutely. And sometimes what you want to see, if it's like body composition or performance, will evolve over that period of time as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember building a lot of muscle because I thought like more muscle is better, right? More is better. (laughs) And then, and then kind of like going, wait a second, why do I need this much muscle in my body? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really, I think this is too much. And (laughs) (laughs) and wait, why do I need, you know, big shoulders and whatever the case was. And then kind of going like, Oh, maybe I actually prefer to be like a higher body fat percentage because you know, it's the ratio of muscle to fat while having less muscle and looking a little bit more feminine. Yeah. And I, and you know, being our own best scientists, we are able to understand like why these things are happening in our body. Like as you're expressing, you know, why maybe not fueling ahead of time for tumbling actually felt like you had a really great output of energy. And then why, you know, fueling more so for recovery around strength training. Like when we understand the science behind it, it makes so much sense. And I think that's so powerful because you and I have done all of these experiments. (laughs) So it's, you know, we have so many tools. Yes. So many tools because we've done all of the like, oops, that doesn't work. Okay. We're not going to do that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or wow, that worked way better than I thought it was going to like, that's phenomenal. Uh, We're able, we've done all the legwork. And so those tools, yeah, it's really coming from like, oh my gosh, what is it like 15 years of or more more, practice experience? Mm-hmm. I'm like, how old, how old am I? How old are you now? Like, I don't even, it's been, just... it's literally been 15, 16 years. Cause I was yes. like right before I turned 21 when I got my first, I mean, granted when I got my first certification, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. had unintentionally been running experiments when I was younger, but didn't refer back to those until my, <laughs> until more recently. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- yeah. The experiments. Okay. I'm like, and diving into now. I know. <laughs> As we're like planning on wrapping up the show now, we should probably talk about why we even got on the show today. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so one area that we obviously can agree on is wanting to help and support people in their health and fitness adventures and journeys. And one area we, you know, we can obviously virtually help and coach people through the nutrition side of things much easier than we might be able to do with resistance training or exercise. Mm. And for me personally, if I'm creating a training program for somebody virtually, they have to have experience in the gym. They usually Mm. have to pass a few tests that I give them that I watch videos of seeing how they move for me to feel confident and like, you know what you're doing and I'm comfortable giving you a program. Mm. But there's obviously people who are new to this and could benefit from the hands-on. So whether that's, or they're ready to take it to the next level and like, you know, lift some heavy shit and put it back down a bunch of times, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and maybe they don't have that in-person support to help them. And they're either intimidated to do it because it, it is, it can be intimidating to walk into the gym and see all of these heavy things and not know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, or have guys grunting and sweating and doing things that (laughs) you're not really sure if that's like a real exercise or not. (laughs) Should I be doing that? Right. What is, you know, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And that can be a huge barrier for a lot of women specifically um, who are either thinking about that or want to do that or ready to do that, um, but just aren't sure where to start. So Mm. um, yeah, we're, we're hosting a very cool in-person workshop yes. on April 5th called Awaken Your Strength. I'm very, very excited about it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, going to be, um, I want to say here in San Francisco, but neither of us are in San Francisco right now, but it will be in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're bookending San Francisco. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we will be providing all the notes and links in the show notes for those of you who are interested in checking it out, who are either local and want to attend or who are willing to make the trip out to attend. I have uh, two current clients out of towners that are coming in who, um, 
you know, just they're ready to have that hands on and get that education. And it will be a beginner strength training course. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through all of the, the the basic movements, talk about technique. Yes, absolutely. And one of the most exciting things that I feel with this specifically is when we're able to be with people in person, just like the slightest modifications can turn on a muscle. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I'm sure we've both learned over the years is that you can be doing a squat, but if you're not turning on the appropriate muscle, the, the results are like night and day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it can be the slightest adjustment. Um, and then also, as we talked about when we were kind of designing this workshop, <clears throat> that everybody's body and like their limb length is going to be very different. It's going to be unique to them. And every exercise may not be appropriate for their body or their body type. And to be able to walk into the gym um, in whatever environment it is with the dudes and the sweat and like (laughs) scary stuff and what am I doing here and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, being able to walk in and go like, no, I know exactly what would be right for my body. I know what my goal is. I have a plan. And I also don't have to worry about like anyone else going, is she doing that right? Like, do I need to give her tips? <laughs> you know? Right. And just to know that like, yes, you know exactly what you're doing, having that confidence. So you can just like feel so empowered in the gym, which is something that you and I have talked about a lot. Like we feel like badasses when we're walking into the gym and we're like, yeah, we're tiny humans <laughs> and we know exactly what we're doing. We like get in, we get out, we have our motivation, like our headphones, you know, we're mm-hmm. powerful music on, whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, and it feels awesome to have that confidence. And to lift so, more weight than the guy next to you is, is also an added bonus. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's just oh, fun. Oh, it, yeah. Just like <laughs> side note. Yep. I'm freakishly <laughs> strong. Awesome. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I am. You are. <laughs> you are. I'm the friend that people ask to help them move because oh. I can carry heavy things, even though I'm tiny. Hey. It's nice to be known for that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of your superpowers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, but I can't wait. I've been wanting to do this kind of workshop for so long, and I'm so happy that you and I get to do it together. Because it just feels like we're we're in the nest. Yes. We get to just really collaborate and bring our own experiences, which really feel like they're in pretty solid alignment regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just support fabulous humans, women specifically, because of course it's for women, um, to really feel that confidence and know what they're doing and, and know how to identify how their body's feeling and how it should feel and provide them that so it's really exciting yes i also think it's going to be fun for the 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 women who are coming to just be around other women like themselves who are looking to have this experience who are looking to gain this this knowledge and this experience and seeing that they're not alone in this that there are lots of women who are stepping they're stepping into the gym and wanting to do more strength training um and i think that's going to be really cool for them to just meet each other and hang with other women who are, are sort of ready to take it to the next level oh yes absolutely yeah, I actually saw three women strength training today or this morning at the gym. And I was like, look at you girls. Like, uh-huh. I freaking love that. Like, they're just like a boss gang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I love seeing women at the gym. I'm like, you go, girl. I know. It's true. <laughs> it's very, I, I, I uh, recently moved and I've obviously been going to a newer gym closer to where we live now. And there's actually a lot of really fit women there. Um, who are like lifting heavy, really heavy shit. And it's awesome. It's like really cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm not alone. Let's yes. do it. Let's, there's right. more. Let's get more people here. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. Cause in the, in the other gym that we would bump into each other at, it was mm-hmm. like, we were kind of the only two. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Which is, I think them. also why yeah. people used to get us confused yeah. at, at, recently as well. I mean, back then when we were a little bit now still. Right. Yeah, I know. It's like one one fit girl, another fit girl, same person. Same person. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, because real realistically, everyone that's listening, Alex and I don't look alike. Right. I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe your hair was darker, but like when we were younger. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah. We might have You'll see our pictures parts. together. We don't look that much alike. Yeah, we might have the same swagger. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe. Beefy arms. I don't know. I don't know. Who <laughs> yeah. knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Aww. thank you so much for joining me on the show today and getting having everybody get to know you. I'm excited to uh, just experience this, this workshop with you and help all of these wonderful women. And hopefully it isn't the last time we do this. I'm hoping it's just the first. Me just too. The plan. So yes. we will be providing, oh, t- please tell people where to find you. Oh, yes. Uh, so you can find me at thegreendoorlife.com or at thegreendoor.life on Instagram. And yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. You're so it's welcome. It's been super fun. Yay, me too. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I will be providing all the show notes for where you can find Shannon and the Green Door Life, as well as the link to the workshop. Um, again, it's April 5th, so about a month or so out. And we have a few, just a few spots left. So if you're interested and you want to jump in, now is your chance. Thank you so much again. Beautiful. And um, thank you, yeah, everybody. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Her Body. And we will catch you guys next time. Have a good day. Hello again. This is an update since the time that we recorded this last podcast was prior to the corona pandemic becoming what it has. And with the more recent shelter-in-place guidelines, we have been obviously forced to reschedule the workshop. We have a tentative date for May 3rd. For those who have already signed up, you've been emailed that information, and we will keep you posted on if that date is possible or not. And if not, then we will just look at a future date. Wanted to keep you guys updated. Please feel free to email if you have any questions, concerns. Um, Stay safe and well, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your host, Alex Navarro. And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.